0: And welcome back to another Kidman Talk. This is your friendly neighborhood host, Carl Bastion, a.k.a. the Kidologist, coming to you from Kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage you in your ministry to children. Whether this is your first time tuning in or whether you're here for the 58th podcast in a row, welcome. Today's podcast is a special one. Our topic is Fall is Here, What Should I Do? The fall is only a few weeks away, and this is when I start to get emails, see forum posts and retweets and Facebook posts from Kidman leaders who are gearing up for the fall and asking, what should I be doing? Some are brand new and wondering where to start. For others, this isn't their first rodeo, but they want to make sure they aren't missing anything. Well, this podcast will be a crash course in getting ready for the fall. Our sponsor for today's show is KidCheck, the easy, smart, state-of-the-art way to manage your child security and check-in systems at your church. Bring peace of mind to your parents and improve your communication skills by implementing KidCheck at your church this fall. If KidCheck isn't on your fall checklist, I highly recommend it. But now... It's time to talk Kidman. All right, now I don't know if you've got a seatbelt on your chair. If you don't, you may just want to pause if you're in a place where you can pause. I don't know if you're jogging or driving or whatever. Get a belt. And Well, I guess if you're driving, you've got a seatbelt. But anyway, you need a seatbelt a seat because we are going to go fast. This is going to be a crash course. Uh, many of the things we're going to talk about. I could expand into a entire hour workshop at the Children's Pastors Conference or something. But we are going to cruise through. The fall is here. What should I do? I have seen several tweets, several... Facebook posts I have gotten emails from people who say what should I be doing I'm a brand new Kidman director I've got just landed this job and the fall is like a month away and what sh- should I do uh, what, what should what what kind of what, what, what's my priorities I mean there are so many things to do and your first priority let me just put it's not even on my list how can I make the ministry fund for the kids right if you if you want to hear uh, about that topic please check out the leadership lab on kidology on ministry foundations. And I, I talk there about why fun is important, but um, why it's not the most important thing. Because so many people think the first thing they got to do is address the facilities and making the ministry more fun. And fun is important and it has a place, but it's a means to an end. It is not the end of children's ministry. In fact, that's not even on my list. But I'm going to go over eight Things, and I'm going to just cruise through them. Of and, I'm, and I've got them in in somewhat of an order. A lot of these things you're of course going to be doing simultaneously, um, but I've tried to put them in a priority order. And number one is pray. And uh, I know that sounds very spiritual, but it's the truth. You've got to just cease all activity, and you've got to start out by praying. You've got to start out by acknowledging. This is not your ministry. It's God's ministry. It would be fine without you. In fact, I'm going to link in the show notes to an article uh, called Give It Back to God. And I'm going to start out by just admonishing you, as I have done in the past, that if you're stressed out about the ministry, you have taken it away from God. Because God's not stressed out about it. If you're getting all worked up about all these things that you gotta do and all these positions you gotta fill, and oh my goodness, how you gonna do it all? you really need to take a break. You may even need to just take a day off. I don't care how much you have to do. You may need to take a day away with God and get re-centered, get in the word, release all that, and just say to God "God, this is your ministry. You're gonna bring the workers. You're gonna take care of things. You may need to ask him, what am I trying to accomplish that you're not asking me to accomplish? Am, Am I trying to do too much? Is there some things here that we need to just right off the bat decide? Hey, that that's not important for this fall. We can start that in October. We can start that in January. You know, we don't even need to do that because sometimes we get so excited and it's all great passion and and great energy and great. It's all fueled by great love for kids, and um, but we're we're way off bat. Because remember, Jesus had no brochures. He had no website. Um, he had no programs, he had uh, nothing to staff, Um, you know, he recruited 12 disciples, and he changed the whole world, all right? And ministry, as you are going to hear all the time on Kidology, is, my passion is relational ministry. It's all about forming relationships, loving kids, and teaching them. And so you really do need to start out praying about the ministry, praying about what God wants you to do, asking him to provide the workers because the harvest is ripe. So don't just gloss over that one. I know it looks great on a bookmark. You know, you're going to have a poster in your wall or a wallpaper on your computer about prayer, but you actually do need to start there. So I'm not just saying that to, you know, be spiritual. It's the truth. You've got to start there. If you don't start there, um, the rest are all going to break down and fall apart. They're going to exhaust you. They're going to wear you out. It's all going to be human effort. And even if you do great things, it's going to come out of the flesh. And you're going to burn out. And that's being said by somebody who's been there, done that, and uh, has a certain degree of skill and talent and has coasted on that at times and um, has felt that hollow, empty feeling and lack of joy as a result of coasting on on talent and skill um, when I needed to be relying on the Lord. So um, so I'm not saying this at you. I'm saying this with you. Number one is you've got to pray. You've got to give your ministry back to God and uh, and calm down and chill out, and have that peace that passes understanding. No matter how crazy or in shambles or chaotic the ministry may be, you need to be that Jedi Knight in the midst of all of it. I know that's not very spiritual, but people need to see in you that you're cool with it. You know, God's got this, all right? And uh, it's all good, all right? So number two is you've got a team build, all right? You've got to lose the cape. Quit being a superhero, that saves everything, all right? And you've got to build a team of leaders. And again, I could take a whole podcast. I have in the past talked about the importance of team building, but you've got to build a team and not do it on your own. You know, I went out to run some errands this week, and as I was pulling out of my neighborhood and, and onto the, the the kind of bigger than a neighborhood street, but not quite a busy, busy street, I saw something black in the in the uh, street, and uh, just out of the corner of my eye in a rearview mirror, and I thought it was just a, an instinct, kind of a gut feeling. I thought, you know, that that looks like an iPhone and um, I, I love my iPhone, um, hopefully in a healthy degree of love. And um, and I thought, you know what, if that's an iPhone in the street, um, I know how I would feel if, if I lost my iPhone. Um, I'm pretty dependent on that thing, sometimes to an unhealthy degree. And, um, and so I actually pulled over and I had to kind of dangerously back up with my hazards on and some cars going around. I'm watching this iPhone and hoping that it didn't get smashed. And I got to where I could get out of the car and pick it up, and it was in an otter box, so um, it, it survived its fall, and and um, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to try and return this iPhone. Well, they had a passcode on it, so I wasn't able to get into it, and I guessed a couple of passcodes, but after so many, it, it could be erased if they've used that setting, so there was, a, there was a lock picture on it of a father and a daughter in front of their house, so I thought, all right, well, they probably live in my neighborhood, so I'm driving around the neighborhood and uh, seeing if i can recognize this house you know but there wasn't a whole lot of the house and i'm really striking out on it and um i'm realizing you know i'm kind of stuck here i really want to return this iphone i really want to be the the good samaritan today and do my good deed and and return this nice iphone and this otterbox i mean the otterbox case alone is expensive and um really want to kind of do this nice thing but i'm stuck here I'm trying to help. I'm trying to do this good thing. Um, I'm trying to, you know, be the hero. And but I'm powerless. You know, here I, here I have gotten this, and and, and I, I thought, what do I do? I mean, I could take it to the police station, but it's kind of extreme. You know, for a lost phone. Um, I, I really wasn't sure what to do. And then it dawned on me. Well, they can do something. They could call their phone. And I looked at the battery. It's about half full. And I thought, well, until this phone's dead, there, there's a chance. Um, but they have to, first of all, realize that they lost it, and I, I, I was guessing they put it on the roof of their car, and as they pulled out of the neighborhood, that's probably when it fell off, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to continue on my way, and um, hopefully the phone will ring at some point. Well, it did. A little while later, the phone rang and I, I saw a name come up. Well, I didn't know if it was the owner of the phone or who. Uh, it just was a name and it said work underneath it. So I answered it. And I said, my name's Carl. I'm not the owner of this phone, but I found it and I'm trying to return it. Do you happen to know the owner? Well, it was the owner's wife and she was ecstatic that I found the phone. Well, she actually was shocked that I was in a car out in the, in the neighborhood. Turned out, they're neighbors of mine. They live about a block away from me, and uh, so we swapped a, a addresses information, and I was able to drive over there and reunite the phone. Well, why am I telling you this story? I, I've just lost my reward in heaven because I I share the story, so I have to have another point to it, and and it was that I wanted to help, and and I I I, I had what this family needed, but there was there was something that they had to do. In order to get the help. They needed help. They needed help finding their phone. They were searching the house. The wife was upstairs. The husband was downstairs. They were turning over couch cushions and everything. But they first of all had to recognize the fact that they needed help, but they had lost something. And then they had to make a call. They had to, they had to take an action. And here I was, nice person. I had what they needed and I had a desire to help, but I was just going to go about my day until I was asked. You need to realize that there are people out there who have what you need. They have skills, they have time, they have energy, they have resources, and they want to help you with the ministry. But they are powerless to help you until you do those same two things. You first have to realize you have a need, that you you cannot do the whole ministry. Maybe you're stressed out, wigged out, you're trying to give it back to God, but you're struggling with that. But then you've got to do that second thing. You've got to make the call. You have got to be willing to, whether it's an email, whether it's a phone call, you've got to be willing to take that step to ask. And there are people in your ministry who say, well, just they're just waiting. And, and they will say yes. So you've got to form a team. Don't go at it alone. You've got to form a team of people who love kids, love the ministry, and want to help out. How you form that team and and how you, um, what the composite team, whether it's the leader of every ministry, whether it's a bunch of people, that's a topic for another time. But you've got to form a team. Do not go at it alone. Form a ministry team. They can pray with you. They can work with you and begin to... Um, brainstorm and plan and strategize. A lot of things we're gonna talk about, you do that as a team. And you rise together, you fail together, you strategize together, you follow up with kids and families together, and um, and it's exciting. And you and then you have these relationships. Every ministry I've been in I've said I I will not recruit for the whole children's ministry. I will recruit a team and then my team will recruit. And it's made my job easier, it's made their job easier and the ownership is shared and spread. So that's number two. Number three, all right, this is going to sound very uh, mechanical and very uh, administrative, um, but you've got to start putting together um, some rosters. Now, people are going to say recruit, and uh, I got recruiting way down at the bottom, okay? There's a lot of things you got to do before you recruit. Rosters is different than recruiting. Rosters is, you just got to take an account of who you currently have. You've got to just make a list of your programs and and who's helping? Who do you have? Um, what are their names? Get, get their addresses, their emails, their phone numbers. It, it's kind of like a census of the ministry. Who? What are your assets, your human resource assets? Because a lot of times that's not organized, um, especially if you're new to a ministry. So you just need to start asking around, who likes to do stuff? And this isn't just Sunday school teachers or your kids club um, volunteers, but who likes to do crafts? Who likes to go shopping? You know, And start collecting all that and start organizing it and start typing it up and uh, start collecting it in a, in a database system. I'm gonna talk about KidCheck a little bit later, but if you're using a database system like KidCheck, it's a great way to just start organizing all this information about your volunteers. And then, number four, you gotta start thinking about communicating and uh, marketing your ministry. And I know we don't like the word marketing because so often marketing is dishonest. You know, so much, so often marketing conjures up images of selling something that's not true because that happens in secular marketing you know it's a really slick image it's like creating an image of something that's not true but marketing is also just communicating what you have you know When I moved to Colorado um, after 23 or 25 years in in Chicago, um, one of the fun things about moving here was visiting churches and and trying to decide where our church home was going to be. And very interesting to visit churches. And many times the children's ministry was the best kept secret of the church. And and I I couldn't tell if they even had a children's ministry. And um, sometimes they didn't. But marketing your children's ministry isn't about making your ministry look better than it really is. It's about actually communicating that you have the ministry and what's great about your ministry and and what's your vision for the children's ministry. So you've got to market your ministry. You've got to look at um, the print materials that you produce. And brochures don't have to be fancy. A lot of times that's not your giftedness. But just having a simple brochure that explains what programs you have and when they meet, what they're for, and um, having those accessible – I'm a big fan of having a kids ministry information station somewhere that's not way down the wing where the kids are, but out in the central area of the church. So when when a family comes with their kids and they're wondering, is this a church for us translated? Is there anything for our kids here? They can immediately find uh, an area that's got attractive material that explains, yes, we love kids here. Kids are important to us. And that print material is there for them to take and read. They might take their kids to big church on that first Sunday um, because they're they're new, but there's stuff that they can be reading and browsing going, oh wow, they've got a kids club during the week. Maybe it's Awana, Pioneer Clubs, Royal Rangers, whatever it is. And um, they can read about that stuff. And it's also important to have information on the web. A lot of times I'll visit a, a church's website and children's ministry will just say, you know, child care provided during all programs. Having a great website. Sometimes the children's ministry has its own website. That's what I always did. Or a Facebook page, but some way to communicate details and keeping that current. But you got to ask yourself, how are we marketing our children's ministry? And that's where facilities comes in. Now, there's obviously ministries that spend zillions of dollars on fancy children's ministry facilities. And you may be in a position where you can't do that. And so you kind of just don't do anything. Well, let me, let me encourage you. I have been to churches that have spent bucko bucks on a fantastic children's ministry and they didn't... I mean facility, but they didn't have a fantastic ministry. They weren't relational. They weren't teaching great uh, curriculum and great content. Um, Kids weren't coming to Christ. Really all they had to brag about was their facility. And I've been to churches that had really plain children's ministries that were hitting it out of the ballpark. Uh, making disciples for Jesus, all right? So facilities is not everything, it's important, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. There are things you can do with just balloons and with murals and, and photos of your own kids blown up and framed and put in the hallway, things that will communicate visually that kids are important here just by making the hallways crisp and clean and bright and attractive and that's all part of the marketing it's it's saying to people who come to the church we love kids here kids are important to us i always sign under my name because jesus loves children that that's i hate to call that a marketing thing that that's my life motto it's what drives me it's the answer to why do you do things the way you do because jesus loves children but there's a marketing twist to that because people always know that kids are important to me and that what I do, I do because Jesus loves children. That That's what drives me. So it's all part of that that broad marketing thing that drives kids. So you, you need to pray. You need to build a team. You've got to count your people. You've got to develop your, your rosters. You've got to market the ministry. And then number five is the fall approaches. You've got to do some planning and you've got to do some calendaring. All right? You can't run a ministry like a pinball machine and just bounce, bounce, bounce. You've got to get a blank calendar, go to the uh, office supply store, get one of those giant blank ones, the, the huge ones. It's fun to have a meeting, stick those up on all the walls and things can change. You can react to things that come up during the year, but start to plan out your year. Now, you don't need to be event driven. You don't have to feel like you got to have something every month, but you start to brainstorm and you say, what kind of things would we like to see happen this year? You know, do we want to have a father-daughter or mother-daughter or daddy uh, or, you know, grandparent event? You know, do we want to have campouts? Do we want to have potlucks? You know, do we want to have some intergenerational events? If if you've got an Awana club, are you going to have theme nights and plan out those theme nights, you know, are you gonna have any overnighters, you know? Are you gonna have a movie night? Are we gonna are we gonna how are we gonna reach the community? You start thinking those things out and don't don't try to do everything, but start to plan out the year. How about volunteer training? How are you gonna train your volunteers? You can do it on a um, during a meeting, uh time when you're already there and bring in a special guest and train your volunteers. You're going to do Sunday afternoon luncheon and bring in a trainer. By the way, I'd love to come in and train volunteers, so keep me in mind. But how are you going to equip volunteers? How are you going to train and equip parents? You just start brainstorming about the ministry and the different types of things you might want to do. And you start planning that out. You can pencil things in. Some things will be said. You're going to do a Christmas play. When's Vacation Bible School going to be next summer? Hey, people need to know about that because they're planning vacations. And the sooner you plan that Vacation Bible School week, the better. Plan it now. Don't wait till January or February because then people say, Oh, man, we're, we're already going to Fiji or, I don't know, wherever they go on vacation. I've, I've never been to vacation in Fiji. But anyway, th- so planning and calendaring that now is the time to be doing that. So pray, team build, your rosters, your marketing, your planning and calendar. All right. And the number six is a big one. This is communication. You've got to start planning. How are you going to communicate? That's why building those rosters is so important because you've got to collect communication information, all right? Addresses, phone numbers, emails. And then you've got to decide who are the buckets of people that I need to communicate with this year. All right. Obviously I need to communicate with my volunteers. I got to let them know when things are what events we're doing uh, what meetings we're having so you're going to have a a volunteer database so you got to decide how how am i best going to communicate with my volunteers am i going to use a facebook page am i going to use an email blast like constant contact or something like that constantcontact.com am i going to use um, an information flyer that i send home every week do you have mailbox slots that they need to check and you're going to drop them in there You probably need to communicate with your volunteers in at least three different ways because you've got to hit people in different ways. Everyone communicates differently. Are you gonna use a mass texting service? By the way, KidCheck has that built into their service. So if you're using KidCheck, you can send out mass texts and it's it's a great new feature that they just added this year. Um, another bucket's gonna be parents, all right? Are you going to, um, how are you gonna communicate with parents? And uh, parents, again, you've gotta hit them at least three different ways don't trust the church bulletin as a means of communication now you got to put it in the bulletin so you can say it was in the bulletin right but no one reads that all right or they seem to immediately forget it after they read it so you've got parents you've got to communicate you've got the church at large that you've got to communicate with um, because you're recruiting because you've got Family events—you've got things you want the church as a whole to come to. Um, so you've got that whole thing. You've got kids you want to communicate to. You kids are a way to get parents to come to things. So you've got this group of kids. How are you going to communicate with kids? And so um, you've got to think that through. Newcomers, all right—they're harder to communicate with. So if you've got a newcomers uh, classes, um, you may want to make sure that you have a representative of the children's ministry at those things. So. I'm not giving you all the answers, but I'm saying you've got to think through your communication. Who are the people I need to communicate with and what are going to be my means of communication, whether it's newsletters, email, Facebook, text, there's a lot of ways to communicate. All right. And um, so you just have to think that through. That's part of the the fall planning. All right. So, boy, are you overwhelmed? (laughs) I'm sorry if I'm overwhelming you. Now we get to recruiting. And recruiting can be a lot of fun. All right. And there's lots of links on Kidology of, of ways to recruit. You can have a big recruiting Sunday. You can have recruiting fairs. But the best recruiting is peer to peer recruiting. If you're the leader, you should not be recruiting for everyone, you should be recruiting recruiters. You should be going to people who are passionate about nursery and saying, hey, we need some more nursery workers. You know, could you talk to some of your friends and uh, those who you know and say, hey, would you serve with me? Loyalty is always stronger when it's peer-to-peer. When someone was recruited by someone who serves in the same capacity, uh, they're less likely to quit than if they were recruited by some uh, higher up pastoral person because they can quit. That person will never know, right? That's the perception. And um, so, that, that's when you focus on recruiting because now you've, you've got things to tell them about. You've got brochures you can handle. You've got a website you can direct them to. You know, you've got a calendar that you can show them, all right? You've got communication pieces and tools that you can use in your recruiting. And uh, one of the great um, articles I wanna refer you to is uh, you don't have a recruiting problem, you've got a relationship problem. Um, when you think of recruiting, think of it as friendship building. And um, as you make friends with people and invite them to come serve with you, um, that is so much better than asking people to fill a slot or to fill a spot um, or to talk about need. Um, Communicate your vision and and what you're doing and how fun it is and how exciting it is. When you create an, an identity for the children's ministry, that's where that marketing comes in. If you have a fun name for your children's ministry or a fun, catchy saying Um, and and a logo and and all those fun things. It makes a children's ministry somewhere where people want to be. If you've got fun uh, socials and things like that that are going on, people want to come serve where they're going to have relationships, where they're going to have friends. And it makes the recruiting a whole lot easier. All right. And then lastly, um, and this is the boring one, but it's a real important one. So I saved it for last because it's kind of boring, but not because it's the least important. And that is, as you head into the fall, you need to think through uh, safety and security. All right. So I told you this kind of sounds boring, but you have a, a spiritual and a moral and a ethical responsibility as the leader for the safety of the kids who come to your church. And so you want to walk through your building. You want to see are there any hazards, you know, is there a shelf that if a kid were to say, hey, that looks like a ladder and climb it, it could fall down and uh, seriously injure them. You know, do, do you have, um, you know, knives in a kitchen that are, you know, in a drawer where a kid could get into these steak knives and, and cut themselves or, or, uh, or worse? Um, You know, do you have locks on things that are dangerous? Uh, How do kids enter the building and how do they leave? You know, what are your procedures? Um, Do you have safety policies in place? And again, I could do a whole talk on the, you know, two adults in a room. And if you can't have two adults, how is visibility? Um, You know, how do you handle those things? Do you have a never alone rule so that no child's ever alone with an adult, and and um, think through those things. There's lots of articles and forum posts abound on these topics on kidology, because they're critically important. Not only to protect children, obviously, from ever uh, being harmed by an adult, but also to protect an adult from ever being falsely accused. That can be equally devastating because it can just put a a, a hint or a smear on their reputation that that could uh, be hard to. To, to live down um, no one wants to have any kind of question mark um, placed uh, or a shadow or a dark cloud over them and in um, and, and how are you checking kids in you know, so parents have peace of mind in there while they're worshiping uh, that their kids are, are safe and um, and that's why I want to bring up kid check again um, I'll, I'll link to some blog posts about kid check that I've done in the past but they are a ministry that partners with churches that makes this so easy you know when you go into kids ministry you go in because you love sharing the gospel you love communicating the bible creatively you you love loving kids and you're like safety security you know that you know that's not you know when i've got my call to ministry you know i wasn't up on the at Bible camp and college as a counselor, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me at the campfire saying, I want you to go into ministry so you can just make children safe at church. You know, that just didn't happen. So KidCheck really makes it easy. And uh, I remember before the days of web-based security check-in, I spent hours a week, or I had to recruit someone who would spend hours a week Typing in parents' emails and addresses and keeping it up date and it was it was a pain in the neck. And um, KidCheck makes that so easy. The, the parents do a lot of that work at home. They've got great tools and great resources. You know that's why they like to say it's easy, it's smart, it's state of the art. So I'm not going to explain it all in this podcast. In fact, I did a podcast uh, with the founder of KidCheck Alex and you can listen to that podcast I'll link it on the show notes and we go into great detail just explaining how it all works and everything and if you have uh, questions or have an interest in KidCheck I'd encourage you to listen to that podcast we talk a lot about child security why it's important and then he kind of walks us through um, you know how they partner with the church and how they implement it and how the whole system works and uh, and you can learn a lot from from that podcast but that is your final step and there's lots more you can do. But these are the eight things that I would say in this next month you could focus on. Some of these you're already gonna be strong on, but these are the things I would encourage you to do. So number one, start praying about the ministry fervently. And invite others to pray with you. Number two, if you don't have one, build a team. All right. If you can't structurally build a formal team because of the bureaucracy of your church, whatever, then build an informal team. You could, I have built in the past an advice team or a children's ministry council. There's always, you can always find a way to rally people around you, to support you and encourage you and to bounce ideas off and to, and to share the burden of leadership. You can find a way to do that. Number three, you've got to start building a roster and counting people. And let me add, add some dream positions. All right. Don't just have Sunday school teachers and all the regular ones add positions. You'll be amazed how God will fill those dream positions. If you would love to have uh, an event coordinator, because that always falls to you, or you would love to have an outreach coordinator just to plan evangelistic outreaches, or you would love to have a special needs coordinator, there's something that God has placed on your heart, or make up a dream position. Create a job description for it and start praying about it. And you will be amazed. You don't even have to promote the position. God will bring someone to you to say, you know, I've just always had a heart, you know, for special needs. And, uh, you know, I used to work with a special needs child at my last church. And you'd be like, you know what? I have a job description for that. You're not going to believe this. It will happen because as God works in your heart, he will work in someone else's heart, all right? Not that you can't promote the position in the bulletin or whatever, but do that, all right? Build those rosters, all right? Then think about marketing. How can I best communicate to the church and to the community right, That this is a place where kids are loved. right, Magnets for the cars. I mean, there's a church in our town where the youth ministry has these magnets and everyone in the church sticks these magnets on their cars. And everyone in Parker, Colorado knows that this particular church values youth because these magnets are on cars. All over the place. Great marketing idea that that church uses. All right, all right. Update your website. And maybe develop a kid info center. All right. Then you got to start doing your planning and your calendaring for the whole year, even of the next summer. Again, it's not written in stone, but at least you've got something to work with. All right. Think about your communication who you need to be communicating with and then plan out how you're gonna do that communication. You can even send out a survey and ask parents, ask volunteers, how would you like to be communicated with? What's the best way to get through to you? I mean best way to communicate with you all right and obviously you've got to be working on recruiting and you've got to walk through and think through the safety and security and if you don't have a secure uh, security system I encourage you to look into to kid check all right so hopefully this will help you whether you're brand new and thinking, what do I need to do? Here's some things to do. Or whether you're a veteran, but at this for a long time, maybe there's some things here um, that can encourage you and help you as you get ready for the fall. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the kids that you're ministering to and the volunteers that you're ministering with and the parents that you are blessing as you come alongside them and partner with them in raising up disciples for Jesus Christ. And thanks again for listening to Kidman Talk. As I often remind you, this show is shaped by you, by the emails I receive at Carl at com, or by the discussion questions dropped in the forum that's linked at the bottom of the show notes, and by tweets that I read at Kidman Talk or at Kidologist. I love to respond to the things that you um, are looking for training or equipping or encouraging on. And I encourage you to check out KidCheck. You can go to KidCheck.com but remember Kidology members get a discount. Just go to Kidology.org slash KidCheck. So until next time, I look forward to interacting with you on Kidology. Until we next, talk Kidmin right here on the podcast. Well, it's time for a little bonus track. Since, uh, I was kind of getting spiritual a little bit with the whole Jedi night and the prayer. Maybe we should get spiritual. You're doing all the things that the church expects for the whole congregation. You're at the church both day and night. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, we do. Children's ministry. Spiritual, spiritual. We don't have time to go to big church. Oh yeah. Listen to the Big church. What is that? I get spiritual. Serving spiritual. Listen to the spirit We need to. Another great parody from our good friends at Creative Ministry Solutions, helping us to get spiritual here at the end of Kidman Talk. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.